They want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we're going to have backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. Hey Pack, welcome to Danny Boyd. It's a podcast about everyone's favourite football club in the entire multiverse. That is the Footscray Football Club, Petriatry Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. I'm Danny McGinley. Tom Boyd, you're the busiest man on earth this year because you work for a for an accountancy mogul, uh, and it's end of financial year. What what's uh, so? We're recording this remotely. Uh, where, where are you right now? I'm at home, mate. Um... And, you know, we've been friends for some time and the fact that you don't know that I don't work for an accountancy company <laughs> is truly one of the more offensive things. It's like me saying, aren't you like, you know, don't you do like theatre or something? I do do theatre. I've got yes, a play coming be... up. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. Shakespeare Ghostbusters right. the Motley Brow House in November. That's right. That's right. But for 99% of the time of your life, you are a stand-up comedian by trade or, or actually a television mogul, might I add, with the shiny, shiny forehead that is running around in a Toyota dealership on TV every other ad. <laughs> Yeah, that cap price service. Oh, it's such a great deal. Uh, All right, hey, but our guest is on TV a lot more. He's the third member of Danny Boyd. He's he's the man with the plan, the man who can predict where we will finish every year, provided it's not winning the flag because he never actually predicts that. Chaz Licadello, welcome home. Hello there, guys. And I'm desperately sad that I have not seen, since I live in Sydney, I have not seen Danny's ad for this Toyota dealership. I desperately want to see that. Dude, it's Danny, on... you need to send it to me, please. It's on Channel 7 after every first goal at the moment. So stop watching KO. Oh. That's your problem. Yeah. The other the other <laughs> thing, Chaz, is that Danny is a very, you know, unsurpulous figure in this ad, giving out, you know, dodgy finance deals to some <laughs> poor sod. Um, you know, putting him in a lifetime of debt and bad credit. That's what I imagine. What are you talking No, no, he's already bought the car and I just, I gave it a service and it was all under the cap price. It's a great deal. Could you stop ruining? Are you the new nimble bunny? Is that what you're doing? After pay. I'm the new uh, carpet court jester or the GE money genie. (laughs) It is quite the production, Chaz. Anyway, I'm very excited. Maybe we should do, you should do a live reaction for the fans uh, as, as you watch through the one minute ad for the first time. That would be quite exciting for everyone, I think. But Danny, we, we do find ourselves, you know, I digress from your, you know, budding film and television career. And, um, mate, it's a bit of a, a rough week for me, you oh, know, yeah. sitting back there last week. Feels like a, an absolute eon ago that we actually played. Bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Um, yeah. How how do you feel about the whole affair, mate? I watched that or I listened to it, sorry, in the car, and it didn't sound like we did a lot to help ourselves in that last twenty five minutes. It was extremely frustrating. However, we were one man down, two men down, and there were no rotations left. So we just I could see the car crash coming. But yet I always had hope. Every time Bont got the ball, it looked like he was gonna do something awesome with it, and then we'd belted up the field and Sydney would have a loose player in defence who would clean up easily. I actually have a, I have a technical question for you, Tom Boyd, because 
Tim English pretty much had to play the entire game, a la Tom Boyd in the 2016 prelim final. Got tired but still dominated the hitouts. How hard is it when you're that tired, or even when you're not tired? Like, you win the tap, but how much do you... How hard is it to actually hit it to the right player or the right area? Yeah, um, it's like it's this weird chicken or the egg scenario with Ruck and midfielders where... You know, if you've watched, you know, the Clayton Oliver, Christian Petraka, Max Gorn trio over the last few years, a big part of the fact that Christian and Clayton seem to be open for Max to hit the ball to them all the time is because Max wins every hit out. So you can be more aggressive and you can be, you know, a bit trickier with uh, with opposition players. The greatest challenge to be in is where you win some of the hit outs. If you win none of them, it's fine because all you do is try and shark the opposition but if you win some of them, then a lot of the time you just end up being sort of found out, you know, stuck in no man's land, if you will, where you're kind of not close enough to your man, not where you're supposed to be in terms of where we're trying to hit the ball. Um, but in terms of the tiredness thing, it's like the way I've described it, I think Tim's the perfect example of this, is that in AFL footy, you can't be bad at bad enough at any one part of athleticism. So if you are got all of the athletic traits, but you are incredibly slow, for instance, you're going to get found out by players who are quicker than you. If you're an incredibly good endurance runner, but you're not strong enough, like Tim probably was right as a ruckman when he first joined, Tim was as fit as anyone, would win a lot of the running um, for the big guys. But the moment that he wrestled all day with someone so much stronger, his running capacity goes through the floor because he's too tired from wrestling. So for me, I think Tim's at a place where he can handle obviously a lot more load. But at the end of the day, it's just like something suffers when you don't get off the ground at all whether it's like you can do the hit out but then you don't chase after the ball or perhaps your kicking goes a bit astray. There's always something that comes up and that's just, you know, the nature of playing a very, very difficult position in a difficult circumstance, I'd say. Chaz, what were your thoughts on the game? Also, did you you didn't even you didn't even go, what? dude, and you live in Sydney. Why did you no, not go know, to the like the only game you get to go to look, all year? Well, I, I go to the games in Melbourne when I come to Melbourne, but they, look, to be honest, I, I, I probably shouldn't say this on this optimistic podcast, but I thought we were going to lose. <gasps> and I can't stand Swan supporters when you lose. <laughs> like, I, if, if there's, I know, I know, Danny, you hate Hawthorne in particular, but for me, the one team, the one group of supporters I most hate being around when I lose, when the, the dogs lose, is the Swans. That was a real dark time for me last year when the Swans absolutely pantsed us. Was that? And I was at the I was at the ground for that one. I was with you. I remember it was, but I do. Re- it's the main were, reason you yeah. hate the Swans fans because they don't actually know the rules that well, and their their banter is yeah. sort of lacking. Yeah, pretty much, and like they just they just. Like, it, I don't know, maybe I'm just a sore loser. But for me, the thing I thing I, I like about Melbourne, just hate about Sydney, is that when you can see a goal coming and you're in Melbourne, people start cheering when they can see the goal coming. Whereas with Sydney, no one cheers until the ball has passed through the middle of the sticks. Even if someone's by themselves running into an open goal, you don't hear a peep until the ball has actually gone through the goal because they can't see a goal coming. And it really, really annoys me. It's just it's it's crazy. It's Sorry, Tom? It's an incredibly unfair criticism. You've got to remember that all of these people are investment bankers and they're worried about their <laughs> stock portfolio whilst the game's going. They need to hear the umpires say goal before they can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. I do feel guilty. I do feel guilty. But uh, I was going to say about the uh, about the actual game. I mean, it's true. We we're down on rotations, and Luke Darcy was sort of relief rock, and was it's not Luke if Darcy. Luke, Sam Darcy was relief rock. Was injured. Darcy was the relief rock. We were, we're going pretty <laughs> we're poorly. In trouble. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, but to be fair, the Swans didn't have a ruckman at all. So, so it's like so Tim English kind of he dominated quite quite understandably, and we were smashing him in the clearances. Like I think our problem wasn't wasn't being a rotation down. The problems the problem was the same problem we've had all year, in my view, which is that number one, our inside fifties just do not hit the target. There's a number of times we bomb inside 50 to no one. It's very, very depressing. And the, the second thing is our depth, I'm not going to name any names, but our depth generally isn't great, which means that whenever we have any injuries, like three or four injuries, the players that come in probably, like I think any kind of decent, any kind of decent team, premiership team, has two or three players that are, yeah, you know, they're not stars, but they play their role. They work hard. They play their role. We, at the moment, when we have injuries, have six or seven of those players, and it's just they're just we're lacking in class in our bottom six on the ground when we have injuries, and I think it bites us, and it bites us with our disposal. Personally, that's what I think. Mm, I totally agree. I think out. It does feel like every week you got six or seven blokes where you go out there and you're like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to get out of him this week. Which, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in times gone by when, and again, back in my day, if you will, when things were going well, it wouldn't matter, you know, there was very small varying degrees of um, difference between players' best and worst games. And the role they played was so specific and so well defined that even if they didn't play their best footy, it didn't really matter because someone would stand up in the sort of chain of command. But at the moment, because we do have six or seven blokes and we do feel like we've got quite a bit of churn in that space in terms of players coming in and coming out, um, you know, that stuff matters. And I remember back in my time at the Giants, that was like the opposite. It was like we had 14 blokes going in and out of the side every single week. <laughs> mm. And the problem is that it, what, what happens is the players who play in the VFL or back then in the NEFL, they play different positions in VFL than they play when they come up to the AFL level, you know, because those six or seven blokes, they're not key position players. They're not breaking into our midfield. I was just looking, um, Chaz, while you, whilst you were explaining the clearance side of things, and we are second in the comp by some mm. some ways of the way um, above third in terms of clearances. And clearly our midfield in terms of getting our hands on the ball is not the problem. Our problem is converting those possessions and those meaningful possessions into scores. And I think, unfortunately, the, flip, this, the other side of the coin is when we don't have the ball, those six or seven players end up costing us in the sort of um, what we would call when the ball's in dispute and also when, you know, we're trying to defend a little bit as well. Absolutely. Just to quote, I'll give him credit, a David King statistic from earlier in the week. He was saying since uh, round 12, uh, the Dogs are third for clearances since round 12, that is, second for the year, uh, but 18th for damage from clearances. Yeah, take that, like West Coast. We, we, take we, that. We, we're number one, <laughs> baby. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so and, and I was just going to say as well that this is the, actually the reason I thought the Swans were going to win because they're a good transition team. They've never been good at clearances. Oh, they used to be. In the last couple of years, since they've had these little small midfielders, these little small midgets who run fast, they haven't been great for clearances, but they've always been really good at transition in the last few years. And that's what we're weak at, defending transition, which, by the way, was why we did. I was really, I actually thought our best game of the year was against Collingwood, even though we lost. Like they, the forwards were doing really well and we defended Collingwood's transition. They're the kings of transition. We defended their transition better than we've defended any transition I've seen for years. Um, but I just thought uh, that I thought the Swans, they're particularly good transition. I was worried we wouldn't be able to back they're it up fast, two weeks yeah. in a row, which is, 
Yeah, which is the reason I thought we'd lose that. And actually, I thought in the end we were closer than I expect us to be, given given uh, what was happening on the ground at the time. Even though we were winning the clearances and smashing them in the clearances, just yeah. the way the game was working, I thought, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, we're not exactly a stats podcast except for when you come on here, Joe, <laughs> given that you are. <laughs> Sorry about that. The, um, the, no, no, no we, I think it's a very nice change of pace from me pretending like I still know what's going on and Danny never having understood it one iota. So, um, I got a vibe. One thing, um, I got some vibes. I, I, I'm just flicking. I'm just flicking through this sort of like key statistics table for the year. And, um, you know, to the point of if you were to say and you were to rank everyone's forwards across across the competition in terms of marking capability, you'd put us in the top three or four, right, in terms of, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. Norton down there, you've got Timmy floating through, Jamara, Cody's a great mark overhead. You'd think that we would be quite high. But in terms of marks inside Mm -hmm. 50, we're 12th in terms of marks inside 50 and below us are... Frio, Gold Coast, and Kilda, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and West Coast. Four of those clubs should probably be relegated next year, and the other two are about <laughs> are going pretty average as well. So I think it gets back to one great challenge with the beverage play style, and whilst it's changed quite significantly, I'd say, since I played, the one representative um, thing that is always there is this sort of attacking from the back half. And the issue with that, particularly at the moment, based on a couple of key things, I spoke to a, a player from another club who was talking about um, that their game plan essentially is to get a certain way up the ground and then to slow down because the with the stand rule, defenders know they can't defend in the middle third, so they just go back and they just flood back and it's sort of this you know, very old school way of defending because there's not really any other mechanism you can use in this day and age. But with us, we attack from our back half still, even though we've changed quite a bit, but then what often happens with beverage teams is that manic play through the middle of the ground means that it's much harder to find a forward because there's a lot more moving parts. And we just, for whatever reason, have never really been any good at that. We lost to, um, I remember we lost to, uh, to Hawthorne in my first season of the Bulldogs down in Tassie and they had 40 marks inside 50 and we had 10, I think. Um, and God. they were probably the best the game's ever had, I think, Hawthorne. Ugh, bite your tongue, Boydie. Yeah. That's a disgusting phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is true what you're saying, though. I mean, like like Jamara in particular is in sparkling form the last the, the last oh, two months, months. Yep. and whenever he gets near it, he marks it. But just they just they're just not kicking to him. <laughs> like, it's just it's quite frustrating. Yeah, well, Chaz, yeah. the reason we got you on is you know we you know we love you mm. and we'll chat to you about anything, but uh, we also love your hypotheticals. You're a man who's always playing four D chess. You're always there with the ladder predictor, and you're looking at the stats, and you're like uh, you're the Anthony Green of football. You're looking at the the polling, the trends. <laughs> you're getting some great numbers out of Iowa. What? Okay, and because I'm I'm playing with the ladder predictor every day, but of course my natural uh, proclivity, proclivity, I don't know, whatever. I always just make sure I make us win the grand final every single time. There's no, there's no like realism <laughs> to my ladder predictor. What have you got? What is, what's in the Chaz crystal ball? What also actually just to get us? Had you predicted we would be uh, what are we seventh in round uh, twenty or whatever we're up to? Uh, what what's yeah? We're at round eighteen, round nineteen. We're seventh. We're yep. A game, mm-hmm. two games out of the top four, but we're also uh, yep. a game out of <laughs> above fourteenth. What? Are, what? Are, yeah, had we, you we predicted that? The two games bit. We're, t- <laughs> we're two games out of the four and two <laughs> games out of the bottom four. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Well, look, look, the last time I was I, I was on with the we did the and during the Patreon, we did the Patreon and you asked me for my prediction right then. This was about round six, I think it was, just before we played Frio in Frio. Mm-hmm. And at the time I said that I thought we'd get to probably about fifth in the mid-year period and then we'd start to drop and then we'd end up being eighth or ninth. And I said we might just miss the finals. I said 12 to 13 wins is what I was expecting at the time. And and you asked me if we were going to beat Frio at on that particular week, and I said I thought we we're going to lose, and we ended up beat, smashing Frio in we Frio. Did. Yes, but then we lost to the Gold Coast, but which I didn't, which I thought we'd, we'd beat, beat Gold Coast. And apart from that, everything I predicted then so far we're actually on track for. So that is a little bit worrying, <laughs> but uh, like we are literally on the exact number of wins I thought we'd be at this stage of the season. Um, so it's a first. I'll just I'll just say what I predicted at the time would continue to happen, and then I'll, then I'll change it for what's happened. Um, I had us winning three to four of the last six games. The last six games are Essendon, Giants at Mars Stadium, Richmond at Marvel, Hawks in Tassie, West Coast at Marvel and Geelong in Geelong. I thought we'd lose to Essendon because at that point in time, Essendon, I, th- I thought we were a pretty strong team and they do the slingshot stuff, which we hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the reason why Essendon have beaten us in the past with because they do the Swan-style slingshot football quite well. And uh, I thought we'd probably beat Richmond at Marvel um, because I thought Richmond were tired and were looking like they're going to have a terrible year. Since then, they've lost their coach and they're playing better, which worries me slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we've lost Liam Jones, which worries me more. And back uh, the, in two uh, weeks. But also the, back in two weeks, they say. <laughs> yes. Do they? Yeah. Two weeks? Yeah, yeah, Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, the injury list had is three to four, three to five, but but maybe it might too. I mean, I mean, uh, Richards came back faster than they said, so hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but uh, Essendon also, their forward line's become a bit more dysfunctional recently, so I think we might have a chance with them. Uh, anyway, but if we beat one of those teams, we would, we would we'll, uh, either Essendon or Richmond, if we beat one of those two teams, we'll be on 13 wins with a poor percentage. Um, and, the, and so, okay, let me tell you how things have changed since then. Um, I'm now leaning towards us winning the Essendon game for Good. what the reason I said. I'm worried about that. I, I think their forward line is not is performing very haphazardly recently and that neutralizes our problem with Liam Jones that they have become a one trick pony with Peter Wright if we can just quieten Pete and Wright a bit we might, I think we'll be okay there but I think the Richmond games are huge 50-50 so it's still 12 to 14 wins we're looking at this year if depending on how whether we beat Essendon or Richmond right 12 wins we're not making the eight I'll tell you that right now if we lose to Essendon and Richmond we will not make the eight 13 wins, I think we might just. I'll tell you why in a second. 14, we probably come sixth, maybe even fifth, because Geelong are only two points above us, and they play Collingwood and Brisbane away and Port at home. So if we win five of the last six games, Geelong need to beat Brisbane in Brisbane or Collingwood in order to stay fifth. Geelong always beat Brisbane. In Brisbane? Yeah, especially if it's a prelim, but yeah. All right, so 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 let, let me just break this down. The other teams, because the thing is as well, um, the percentage is a huge factor. Because I thought we'd have a terrible percentage, and we do. Our percentage is one hundred and three point five, but everyone else has a terrible percentage as well around us. St Kilda is only just above us on one hundred and four point three. Essendon's one hundred and one point two. GWS is ninety nine point four. We're all on the same points, 
Then you got Carlton and Richmond are two points below us, so effectively they have a low percentage, even though they don't. Oh, and Crows are yeah. one game below us with, with a high percentage of 114.8. The best thing that happened to us is the Crows losing to GWS last week because that then put them a game below the rest of us. So their high percentage doesn't matter anymore. So that is, um, that's a huge break for us. Um, we can take the Saints on percentage easily because we play West Coast at Marvel in the second last game. Yep. Um, we can we can also get overtaken on percentage easily because all the other teams are just be, just behind us. But we're seventh, so we can afford to be overtaken by one team. We just can't afford to be overtaken by two teams, right? So let's break this down. Assume, let's assume four. Let's assume that we beat either Essendon or Richmond for the purposes of what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Um, let's look at the runs, runs of all these teams. The Saints, they have North at Marvel, Hawthorne. And which are both wins, I assume. Yep. Carlton and Richmond at Marvel, which I say maybes. Geelong and Marvel, they'll lose. Brisbane and Gabba, they lose. That puts them at two to four wins. If they have four wins and we have four wins, we can get them on percentage because oh, we've got West Coast coming. This is good, Chaz. I feel right. I feel uh, us being a, an audio medium uh, won't be as good. If, uh, could we let, – let's pause this and then go on TV, get yes. us on TV, get us on the ABC, get us Anthony Green's uh, uh, special <laughs> board so we could follow all this. I mean, I will, all right, we'll try our best in audio thing, but I want everyone to be picturing Chaz <laughs> on election night, press, pressing all the, the things on the on the screen. Pressing fan- frantic buttons on the screen, yeah. and it's probably not working because it's the ABC. Okay, <laughs> Essendon's run. They play us. That's a maybe. They play Sydney at Marvel. They're going to beat Sydney and, and Marvel. They play Eagles at Marvel. They'll beat Eagles. They're going to play North. They're going to beat North. They're going to play play GWS in Sydney. That's a maybe. Collingwood, they lose. So that's three to five wins for Essendon. If we beat them on Saturday, that means they can't get more than four wins unless they beat Collingwood, which means we've got them. They're not going to pass us, right? Ooh. If we lose to Essendon and Richmond, though, they only need to beat North, Eagles, and Sydney at Marvel to pass us. Ugh. So if we lose to Essendon and Richmond, they will definitely pass us. If we beat Essendon, that's it. They're done. Okay, we're, we're, we're past them. Suns in uh, GWS, they play Suns oh, in Canberra. Oh, okay, oh, they oh, beat oh, them so, there. So, Chase, yeah. you're saying that this week is essentially the most important game for us. Ahead. That that is if if, if we just, just skip forward about two or three minutes more, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> if we beat Essendon, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll cut straight to the punchline. If we beat look, Essendon, we are the in ladder. the finals. It's, I'm looking at the ladder, and this is confusing to me. Yeah. So if you're sitting in a car trying to drive <laughs> home on Punter Road, good luck. <laughs> I, um, so yeah, I will I summarize it. this at the end. I will start with them, but essentially the bottom line is if we beat Essendon this week, we are in the finals and we have a if we beat Richmond and Essendon, we are fifth. That oh. is that is the, the bottom. But if we don't beat Essendon, we are a real chance of coming ninth. Like this week is a huge, huge week. Right, um, let me take you through the, the rest quickly, or the or you're happy with the bottom line? <laughs> I, I think I think the the um, it's really important to understand that fact uh, first and foremost, Chaz, because I think you know last week was bitterly disappointing, but Sydney aren't going to make the eight, so mm. and they're not really no, intending not. to to knock us out mm. or move us, even though it would have been mm. a whole lot fucking easier, Chaz, if we just beaten them last week. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, could have been worse, but he could have kicked straight in the last quarter. So this week, essentially what you're saying is that if we wake up on whatever morning it is that we – the night day after we play – when are we playing this week? Friday yeah. night. Friday. If we wake we're, up on Saturday Friday. morning and we have four points next to our name, we're booking tickets to um, 
the finals coming up. And <laughs> I'm saying, I, I, I am, I'm assuming we will make the finals if we beat Essendon this, this week. The only way we lose, we don't make the finals is if we lose to either North, or it's not the North, or sorry, our, our run is if, if we lose to either West Coast or Hawthorne or uh, we lose to the Giants at, Mar at Mars Stadium. That's the only way we can miss the finals if we beat Essendon. I think that the missing finals will be the least of our issues if we lose to West Coast in the last round. I would say that they will cancel the renovation, yes. <laughs> sack up of the club, yes. and recruit yeah. Danny and me to run the place. Finally. That, uh, absolute yeah. travesty. Finally, yeah. finally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so basically, yeah, yeah I mean, okay, I, I, I won't go through the, everyone else's runs, but just trust me, GWS are not going to pass us. They've got one to three wins left in them. Carlton yep. uh, are not going to pass us. They've got two to four wins left in them. Uh, Richmond could pass us if they beat us, but if if we beat either Essendon or, or Richmond, I think we've got enough to stay ahead of them. Adelaide would have passed us if they'd beaten GWS on the weekend, but since they didn't, they, they're probably going to end up on the same number of points as us and they're probably going to be ahead of us on percentage or they might be one below. Either way, we're still in the eight. And by the way, it might be better for us to come eighth and seventh. And uh, and the it, and the because do we talk about finals now, or do you want to talk yeah, a little bit more? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk let's do it. Okay, all right. Okay, let's say we get the we get the the four wins. And by the way, if we don't be Essendon or Richmond, we're definitely not making the finals. Um, let's say we get the, the the four wins. We get into the finals. Okay, the we haven't been good at all against teams in the top eight. Our record this year is one and seven, I think it is, or maybe oh, one and six against really? the, the top eight. Oh, man. But the one team that we have beaten is Brisbane at the Gabba, and that might be We didn't beat them at the Gabba. We beat them at up, Docklands. Oh, was it at the Gabba? No, it was round three. Remember, we, we all booed Dunkley. Oh, okay. Anyway, we, we've been to the Gabba before in the finals <laughs> two years ago, that's for sure. I, I, still, I, I, I would actually back us to beat them at the Gabba, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The reason why I, I would back, back us to beat them is because we are the number one and number two clearance sides. People often talk about the dogs as, and I do as well, as if we don't win the clearances, we're in trouble because that's the way our whole game revolves around. But the lines are exactly the same. If they don't win the clearances, they're in trouble. If Bont and Libba have a good game against, against Brisbane, wherever it is, and we at least split the, the, the clearances, they've got a lot of problems. The, our weakness has always been about the, has always been the tall backs against the tall forwards. Their tall forwards are, are extremely inconsistent and often rubbish. Liam Jones is back by then anyway, right? The, when they beat us, it's because they beat us with Charlie Cameron. The difference between if you, two years ago, the reason we beat them at the Gabba was because Taylor Doray did a great job on Charlie Cameron, True. right? Uh, then last year, Charlie, Charlie Cameron tore us apart. This year, we got Ed Richards there. Ed Richards will beat Charlie Cameron. Oh, I'll tell you that yes. right now. Good. So, so, yeah. so I, reckon that, I reckon that we stand a real chance of beating Brisbane if we play them. But Brisbane are kind of going to come third because Melbourne are a game and percentage away from them. So that's easy. So we just come second Brisbane, and then we beat them. That's fine. We'll just come second. <laughs> Don't think we're coming second, Daddy. Ah. But if we come fifth or eighth and Brisbane lose against Port, then we play them in the next final. All right. So if and our um, there is almost no chance Adelaide end up sixth and we end up seven. I think looking at the way this is going to pan out, but as long as we don't play Adelaide in the finals, our first finals at Marvel. So you know, 
Uh, because good, good chances anyway. Correct you there. Know. There hasn't been a final played at Marvel since two thousand seven. They even if we play. So I mean, I mean Melbourne. I mean, you just mean in Melbourne. Yeah. All right. So well, Adelaide at the MCG. Yeah, yeah, just so, to yeah. a lot of us dogs fans, quite triggering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But my point, I mean, we're, we're likely to be playing playing Richmond or Essendon or something like that in Melbourne, right? Or St Kilda yeah. in Melbourne. Like, I'm not saying we're going to win that, but we've got we've at least got a shot, right? And then it's, then we could well face Brisbane if we're fifth or eighth. And then, yeah. then, then, then after that, we're into a preliminary final against probably Port. We've well, been there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't lost a prelim since 2010, so we're on a good run with prelims. <laughs> so, so, so basically what, I, what I'm saying is, strangely enough, there's almost a, there is a real chance we could miss the eight entirely, but there's also a real chance we could end up in the preliminary final. <laughs> so like, it, it's, it's kind of an all-or-nothing proposal here. <laughs> it's, um, it, it all starts, Tommy, like you're saying, Essendon. Hey, we Boydie. need to beat Essendon this week. Boydie, Boydie, do you see what Chaz is doing here? See, see, so this is this he's given us such a vague prediction with so so many variables. Next time he comes on, he could say, I told you that would happen. I told you we'd either yeah. A miss finals, B make oh. the top four, fifth, sixth, anywhere in between. He can claim that victory. Danny, no vagueness. <laughs> we beat Essendon. We're in the finals. <laughs> we play Brisbane in the finals, we beat them. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my balls on the line there, mate. As much as there's there's a lot to be said about this week, from what I can tell, I mean, Adelaide have got one of the toughest run homes that you could possibly ask for or not ask for. Um, and equally, I think, you know, the next three weeks we played teams that could knock us in or out of finals in one way, shape or form in terms of at least the Giants, Richmond and Essendon are all in touch of the eight. But that proposition that the world is in our hands absolutely terrifies me because <laughs> I don't feel one bit confident that we're going to roll out three really good games in a row. Well, let's look yeah, at the Bombers. Uh, I mean, you, you're talking about how this is a not an elimination final because we're not out. It's a mini semi-final, if you no, will. No. Let's look at Essendon's yeah. form since uh, Queen's birthday, King's birthday, whatever, whatever big freeze weekend. Uh, yeah. where uh, yeah. they beat Carlton by six goals. Yeah. Since then, they had the bye. Yeah. Then they got thumped by Frio over in Perth by five goals. Mm. Then they lost to Port with a goal after the siren at the MCG. Then yeah. they beat Adelaide by pr- fairly respectable three goals at uh, Docklands. Then they got absolutely pummeled by Geelong. So they are very inconsistent uh, but that said, it's their it's their turn to be good this week. They seem to have good week, bad week, <laughs> and they're on a good week here. So that's pretty frustrating. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, they do worry me. At the beginning of the year, I was penciling us down as a loss this game because I just because they they do get around, they do get go slice through us pretty rapidly at times. Like in the past, when they've done us, they've done us with the slingshot, and that that does worry me because that's what Sydney did. So, um, but yeah. It's not like Bevo doesn't know that. They know what's coming. Yeah, but a lot of the times we think, you know, oh, Bevo, Bevo knows, you know, he, he knows that, but then, you know, we, we play the same frustrating way. So, you know, saying Bevo knows that doesn't fill me with confidence either. He knows that, but he's probably no, going to be that is true. stubborn and, you know. That is true. But what, but what fills me with more confidence is that Sam Wiedemann is basically 
like he, he basically allows him to be to be playing with seventeen men on the field at any one time. <laughs> like he's done nothing for about six weeks, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, and and yeah, and Stringer's had a really bad few weeks as well. And like I said, their forward line is not great at the moment. Is so Stringer that feels more confident. is Stringer due to be having his contract renewed anytime soon? Because that tends to be when he plays his best footy. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, good. We're safe. <laughs> We're safe there. Uh, all right, so you heard it here first. We're going top four in the men's. Um, we should briefly touch on <laughs> the women's fixtures finally been released. I'm very excited about this because we're back at Paradise, gentlemen. We are playing at Witten Oval for the first time in yes. what feels like forever, three years, over three and a half years it'll be. Uh, that's the 29th of September. That is the week after no the night before the grand final grand final eve uh at against st kilda 7 15 p.m that's going to be an absolute ripper but we kick it off against geelong down at Cadinia 5 p.m i really i mean i love the aflw for many reasons one is that we beat geelong down at Cadinia. this is this is exciting i'm confident about this game <laughs> never ever ever <laughs> happens in the bloke so yeah Let's um, let's get down this road. It must. It's going to be weird. What stage? So, what's the date of the first round, or the date that we play back at Witten, Danny? Uh, well, our round one is second of September, and we play Witten Oval 29th of September. So, we got four rounds before that. We do one home game at uh, Ballarat, and then uh, the rest we've got three away: uh, Geelong, uh, D's down at Casey, and then Gold Coast up at Carrara. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know if it's going to be that user friendly to go and watch it. Um, at Witten at that stage, uh, late September. There's so much work still going on, as we saw, Danny, when we went there the other day. It's like, when is the first game back when the actual place is working and there's not cranes and fucking jackhammers going on? That is season 2026. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a tunnel project run by the government, mate. So <laughs> yes, it is. Hopefully it'll get done on time. Well, well, to be fair, boy, the Geelong won a premiership last year playing in a construction site, so it can be done. That's a good point. Yeah. But Geelong are also, you know, known to be doing some dodgy things. Like, hey, this is what I want to hear. Straight to the Patreon. Let's go. <laughs> By dodgy, it's just like they're, they're just a funny club that always seems to have like 1.5 million bucks to give to a few blokes. Oh, we know why. When they get bad yeah. again. We know why. It's uh, Peter Gordon once told me the reason the the reason Geelong is so successful is Cadinia Park lies in three marginal electoral seats, both local, state, and <laughs> yeah. federal. So any candidate wants to look good, they will throw money at the cats. It's a uh, absolute. Right. We've been the same. We've been the same for the last fifty years, and look how well we've done. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Is, we, no, I don't think we're, we're, we're jelly brand's not marginal. It's pretty safe. It's safe. That's what I mean. We've been safe for all this. Oh years right, and yes, still I get what you mean. To get some stuff done. So yeah, that's that's why kudos to Peter for his motivation of people who aren't necessarily motivated. I'd say. <laughs> what we got to do is uh, get Boy, yeah, no, uh, I, the member for Jelly Brand, Tim Watts, to uh, yeah. look. If he wants to get the club some funding, he's got to be caught doing something very dodgy and make it an unsafe seat. I'm sure he listens to this, Tim. I'll tell you what, Tim, this is what we'll do. You and I will go out, Please. King Street, Casino, we'll get into a punch-on. Uh, it'll be a brilliant night, and uh, then the dogs get more funding. Sure, it'll end your career, but you've got to think about club first. Yeah, and at the same time, T- also, where about do you think t- the funding for the bloody development came from, Danny? <laughs> I don't know. Where did it come from? Oh, the government. Yeah, that's well, right. Plenty of state government funding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Chaz. Sorry. Uh, boy, do you- 
No, that's all right. You got the inside word on the uh, on the dodgy finances of Geelong. There, I just just, just while we're talking about that, I just I just want to know. Now, I know you can't tell us any inside guys from the club, but to the extent mm. that you can, um, how worried do you think we should be a bit about Bally Smith and Geelong? Uh, not worried right now. Uh, I think that our yeah. major concern is the fact that. If I were West Coast, I would offer Aaron Norton and Tim English three quarters of the value of the club to get them to come home. Yep. And that yeah. is a real major concern because there's no way in hell we're going to be out, out, able to outbid them. So we're going to have to sell them yeah. on you know the future, which it sounds good. But one thing that I learned, uh, Chaz, about the future is you can't eat it. And it's not going to pay your mortgage, so um, yeah. that's that's one challenge. I'm I'm like, and, and the other issue is, and I mean this sincerely, if they get English, we are in a real, real shit spot. Like in a from a list point of view, finding another ruckman mm. is going to be nearly impossible. And from what I've seen at the early stages, Sam Darcy is more of a second ruck than a first. Rory Lobb's not going to go in there and do it for us. We're going to have to find. They're going to have to pull. They're going to bring me back. That's what I have to do. <laughs> Yay. Pull me out of retirement. <laughs> Great. Put somebody strapping on all of my ankles and limbs and roll me out there against Maxie Gorn every week. That's that's about our best option <laughs> at this stage. So yeah. that's more I'm concerned about. Right. Bailey Smith won, like, uh, he's he's contracted for quite some time, I believe. Or how, when's, when's he out, Chaz, you know? Next year. Next year. I wouldn't Like, I wouldn't like he's got another year. Yeah. yeah. I, I did hear okay. an explanation of it, uh, which I can't tell you. Ah, uh, on it. That, but <laughs> it was a very much a, um, you know, one plus one equals three conversation mm. in terms of like someone gotcha. was just like, oh, this makes sense. What about this happens? What about if that happens? People will be interested if we say this, and then that's what happened. I think from my understanding, uh, I'll just tell yeah. you my hairbrain theory, Chaz. Uh, Bailey likes to sm- surf. Yes. Went down the coast. Coast is near Geelong. Two and two. There we go. Therefore, he's definitely going to Geelong. I'm, I'm hoping that's the logic. <laughs> but, uh, I was just going to say, uh, if if West Coast did pinch did did pinch English, uh, we might have a go at Grundy. I would have thought because he's just sitting around not doing much at Melbourne, and uh, the it, it might be gettable. But anyway, East, East uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Tim, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's a great 20. situation. I mean, don't forget, Collingwood is still paying Grundy too, so he's on a fair packet. Um, yeah. yeah. Getting yeah. Oh, man, I can't even yeah. – I just don't want to deal with mentally the situation if Tim leaves because yeah. I just know how hard they – you know, Tim and everyone has – Tim deserves deserves to get paid like a boatload of money yep. because he's done it the hard way and he's mm. worked his butt off to get to where he is. But – we don't have a boat as big as West Coast who have 30,000 members on the wait list who are paying to be on the wait list to be members of West Coast, even though they are fucking probably should end up playing two seasons in the waffle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're, about, they're about to clear about $3 million off their salary cap as well. They've got, they've got a bunch of very highly paid players who are like 35 years old and injured. So Yeah, all right, yeah. boys. They don't Jeez. spend that at all. Yeah. This is getting very negative. All right, let's let's wrap it up with some positivity. How, <laughs> what what yes. tactics should we be looking for, Boydie, on Friday when the when – the, I mean, as Chaz says, they get us on the slingshot. So how are we going to get them? If you're a Bombers fan, why, do you, why are you worried about the dogs? I think, um, yeah, our forward line is, you know, going to be very difficult for them to um, 
prevent them marking the ball in particular. Aaron's looked much better the last few weeks from what I've seen. He was sort of having a bit of a flat patch there through the middle of the season, which was, you know, seemingly for no specific reason, which was odd. Um, but he's last, you know, he had a, he's had a cracking few weeks. So those two together excite me. Um, I think around the ball will beat them relatively soundly. Um, to your both of your points, I think the challenge will be if we can't capitalise on us having the ball a lot of the time, then we provide more and more opportunities for them to go end-to-end on us. And those two things are like perfectly prevented if we can mark the ball inside 50 and kick goals, which sounds really simple. But yeah. given that the volume of ball we put into our, into our forward half, it also means that there's a volume of rebound 50s up for grabs if you're any good at them. So that's that's the concern. But again, it'll be just – it's our same problem we have every single week, Danny. When we play well, we have quality. And we don't play well, we have the ball still, but we just kick it back to the opposition or turn it over and it just costs us game after game after game. And it's yeah. usually like three or four key moments and suddenly there are three or four easy goals and the game's over. So – Quality for 120 I, minutes is the I, go. I completely agree. It's all about composure with the with the ball. They, the Essendon have have been opened up a number of times this year by tall forwards. Like they they don't have a good tall back, and like Tom Hawkins kicked about 50 goals on them, right? And it's um and we've got two. We've got two good ones who are both in form. So if we have composure of the ball, and we kick it to our forwards. They will mark it and they will score. All so, right. You heard Fingers it crossed. here first. We're definitely going to win. And we, what's more actually adamant and true, we <laughs> definitely have to. Hey, Chaz, uh, 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 Boydie, where are you going to watch the game? Uh, I will watch the game from my hotel room in Sydney. Nice. Chaz, where will you be? Outside Boydie's hotel room? <laughs> That's right. I'll be, I'll be carrying a boombox with the game on it. That's a say anything style. Outside, go, Boydie, he, let me in. He won't get that reference at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, well, buddy. hey, don't forget, Chaz has a new show coming out on the ABC very soon. Of course, Planet America back. But what's the new one, Chaz? It's called What the FAQ, and it involves people sending us questions, and we answer them in hopefully amusing but also informative ways. That's going to be starting in a month's time. All right. That's very exciting. And don't forget, Shakespeare Ghostbusters, if you want to mm-hmm. see me be a theatrical person, uh, that's studying uh, Halloween at the Motley Brow House here in Melbourne. Chaz, thank you very much for coming along. Uh, we will no doubt have you back before the end of the year. Uh, go dogs. I can't wait. Go dogs. Give my childhood to that roar of the red, white, and blue sea, and the knowledge that you had to love the bulldog boys and me. Twenty years on, I feel that longing hanging in September air. But the reason I go every week is to pretend you're still there. They will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets